Welcome to the 420th consecutive week of Cinema PsyOps. This represents 420 straight weeks that we have been, well, not straight, but consecutive weeks that we've been releasing this show. And of course, to celebrate the fact that it's 420, I'm high because my co-host Matt would allow it. Woo! All right. Wait, it's 420. Oh, yeah. Well, the episode. I mean, yeah. All right. Good. Yeah. Smoke him if you got him or however you uh, adjust your life. <laughs> and buy bit if you got it and if you want to yep. and you can and it makes life better go for it why not you know <laughs> fuck yeah i enjoyed uh i enjoyed some last night just to get my ass to sleep so i could sleep for once it was nice my lawyers are advising me to state that this is all legally derived hemp compounds that are okay to purchase in this state of course i mean huh duh I mean, I would never do anything illegal. <laughs> How dare you suggest such things, sir? I'm not suggesting it. I just want to cover all of our bases because I have enough lawyers in this room to make me do so. How many lawyers is that now? Enough to listen to, like I said. All right, there you go. <laughs> you know, it's at least more than one because I say That's, lawyers, plural. Yeah, yeah, you pluralized it. So, and, and I know you speak properly. <laughs> I attempt to. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So we are most of the way through. We are definitely over halfway through the Boz tribute here at this point with uh, this week's the, episode, The Beast and the Magic Sword. And everyone knows we do two episodes uh, for the next two weeks. Um, so as I would say, for the last two weeks, the good Boz giveth. And for these <laughs> next two weeks, the good Boz taketh away. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, we won't uh, spoil what it is. Well, I only say it uh, for, for my episode that will be coming up for my review it's well known for your review the only reason i could see it being a problem is because you could clip it <laughs> yeah i had to go a little old school uh it's all spanish yeah. language dialogue and i could clip it for our spanish-speaking audience that also is bilingual enough to understand our uh broken english but yeah yeah there are going to be no clips for me this week uh all of my stuff is the for well, the pirate radio edit anyway is uh pig destroyer the band which is one of boz's favorites that he mentioned to me uh or oh, that nice. we discussed in some way shape or form because i can't find songs oddly enough befitting of a beast and or a magic sword <laughs> weird right. you would think somebody would have came up with a song about beasts or a magic sword right and i thought about the soundtrack and i'm like nah you know what this is a golden opportunity i'm gonna highlight a band that i've talked about with boz before and we're gonna go ahead and do that a couple more announcements actually as far as uh, the tributes to boz go yeah the uh six episode boz tribute is coming to an end but did you really think you folks out there that i would just stop with six episodes to pay tribute to to one of my closer friends. Did you really no. think I was just going to just do that and then stop? No, I'm... Who would ever believe that? Yeah, I'm going to re-release every recording I have that I've ever done with him, whether it's uh, when we did Obsessive Cinema Discourse or the Bullshit Artist. Really? About. Yeah. Uh, we did a show that actually we titled Bullshit Artist Taken After the Greasy Strangler, which is next week that uh, you will be talking well, about. Yeah. And, well, I call bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I'll be putting all of that stuff out and I'm just going to title it as Boss Fest. It's going to be bonus episodes. So you and I will continue to record... And uh, if it's something that fits with something that I'm already releasing, I'll put a bonus out or it'll just be a bonus that's going to be put out eventually. One of the things I want to do for OCD is we covered Beast and the Magic Sword on Obsessive Cinema Discourse, where which Boz and myself all talked about it. So I'll be kind of releasing that in conjunction with this pretty much the same week to the main feed. I'll be re-releasing the OCD episode uh, on Cinema PsyOps. And you 
see it up there as Boss Fest bonus. So that's, I'm going to just, whatever I have for recordings, whenever I feel like it, I'm going to go through them. I'm going to listen to them again and I'm going to re release them. And they'll be as bonus. Having stated that, if you are a podcaster out there and are on a recording with Boss and myself and you can currently have the recording and it's your show, not one that I was directly involved with, like OCD or the bullshit artist that him and I kind of screwed around with a little bit too, just as an excuse to record, and you would like to include that into the BozFest, just send me the file and uh, just say, include this in BozFest, and I'll just continue to release it either until I run out of material or until people beg me to stop with the BozFest releases. So that's how that's going to go. Uh, but these, <laughs> What have you done? Right. These six episodes are specifically reviews that pretty much probably would never have made it onto this show had they not been things that we talked about with, or yeah. I had talked about with Boz somehow in, in some day. Now, there's also a couple of episodes where he guessed it on Cinema PsyOps. Uh, I'm not going to be re-releasing those, but I will post the episode numbers so you can go back and grab them um, mm. like in the notes on one of the BozFest releases or what have you, or it'll be in there as well, because I don't really want to double dip into our episodes too much. <laughs> it'll get confusing. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah, and I guess, you know, write me if you want me to do that, if just make it easier, if you're interested in hearing all of them and you don't want to go searching for them, uh, just shoot me a message out there some way, shape, or form. There's a million different ways to get a hold of me via all of those social media forms. And if you just want me to re-release those, uh, fuck, I'll do that too as a bonus. It just will lose its original number, I suppose. Yeah, why not? Fuck it. <laughs> all right, so we are on episode four of the six-episode arc for the tribute. Everybody already knows that the Greasy Strangler is the one that you're going to be doing for our next week's uh, number <sighs> five tribute. And then we're on... You ever smelt a movie? <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. Uh, and then after that, we're going to do some Star Wars bullshit, but we need to we need to clear some things up for the folks and the, the pablum here. Um, this is, in fact, the Star Wars bullshit we're going to be doing is, in fact, yeah. part of the original storyline releases. It's a part yeah. of that, okay? It's yeah, it's a new hope. No, no, we're not doing a new hope. However, I can promise you that what we're going to be covering will have Luke Skywalker in it. It will have Han Solo in it. It will have Princess Leia in it. It will have Chewbacca in it. I promise. The original cast. Wait, are you making us do the Star Wars Christmas special? Yes, as a matter of fact, we are doing the Star Wars holiday special. That is what we're going to be doing. And the main reason for that is, one, it actually is a part of the original storyline. Uh, it is the sequel to A New Hope. It actually takes place between A New Hope and Empire Strikes Back uh, in the canon, whether people want to admit it or not. And number two, it's also the premiere of Boba Fett. And that shit is badass and no one should fucking deny that. And we need to talk about that. That's how it's getting on the show. Oh, oh you're a fucking monster. All right. <laughs> could have been worse, dude. I could have put you the Wilford Brimley Ewoks films. Yeah. Yeah, that could have been worse. The <laughs> evil queen was really fucking bad. Yeah, all right. Still, <laughs> this is less than ideal, but I'll take what I can get for right now. You still get Luke. You still get Leia. You still get Han. You still get Chewie. You still get C-3PO. You still get Darth Vader. It's just that it's in the part of the story that no one wants to admit, and Lucas has tried to bury for fucking ever, and uh, yeah. he had it coming. I'm not going to let that happen. You motherfucker, I tell you. <laughs> Hey, every, every goddamn person still mad he sold to Disney. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not mad that he sold to Disney at all. I actually really enjoy that fact. Um, well, I'm really happy because we get Star Wars content again. So Right. And in my opinion, some of the best Star Wars content we've ever gotten. Um, I agree. For a lot of the stuff that has come out. And I'm not talking about the Ryan Johnson movies because I didn't really enjoy those. And that's not any. And I did. Yeah, I well, did. I just don't care. Cool. It, I, it, there's many things I always say about Star Wars, and this is one of them. If I hear all the hardcore fans really complaining about it and I haven't seen it yet, I'm probably going to enjoy it. <laughs> 
Yeah, um, because because no one hates Star Wars as much as Star Wars fans, <laughs> right? Like that's what got me watching Andor. I was like not interested yeah. in that at all, but like the some of the vitriol that's coming out of that is making me watch oh, it. I gotta catch up because I've I've heard nothing but really good things about Andor, and I'm just like fuck. I need to get it. Like I have to catch up on shit. And watch it. <laughs> all right, so let's stop beating around the bush and uh, yes. wasting your time so that we can get you to watching more Star Wars, and we're gonna cover more the problem. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. We're going to cover the Beast and the Magic Sword. Up first, we're going to take a little break, play the Legion Patreon ad, and immediately after, we're going to have the song Thumbsucker from the band Pig Destroyer. And we come back, we're going to talk about yet another Paul Nashy film right after all this. This will keep you quiet. Oh, hi there. I didn't see you. You call me cutting a new show. I'm Bo Ransdell, and I'm one of the many creators you can find on Legion Podcasts. I said quiet. My fellow podcasters and I work hard to bring you the best in horror podcasting, but that comes at a cost. What's that like to live deliciously? Not that, but also, yes. No, what I'm getting at is that there are server costs, costs for good microphones and software for editing, all the things that make our shows, you know, fun to listen to. And you can help. If you're enjoying the shows on legionpodcasts.com, or in the Legion Network available on iTunes and Stitcher, just about anywhere you can download a podcast, really, you can help us out and get a little something for your trouble at patreon.com forward slash Legion Podcasts. For just two bucks a month, you get a pair of movie commentaries exclusive to Patreon, and for $5, you can also join us for a monthly screening of a movie. All of that available on patreon.com forward slash Legion Podcasts. We appreciate it, and thank you for listening. Now... Back to the cutting room. angry music i'm hoping that the pigs are talking about destroying her like police because that would be awesome yeah i think so <laughs> that's usually what they talk about <laughs> usually when pigs are mentioned the band is talking about like the police yeah especially when pigs are mentioned in a bad term absolutely yeah <laughs> yeah i mean they're not usually just at unless it's like a band made of farmers then it could be actual pigs yeah <laughs> 
<laughs> now I want to see a, a band made up entirely of farmers talking about pigs in their songs. Anyway, let's right. get talking about the Beast and the Magic Sword, which everybody came out to hear. All right, let's do it. All right, the first 20 opens with the, a bunch of subtitles that I have to read off the screen because we're not in English here, but also it tells the story via subtitles, so I'm going to read it off the photos. That's the a good idea. opening scrawl is, once upon a time when magic was in the air, was born the legend of Waldemar Daninsky and his eternal curse. Mm. The eternal curse, like morning glory. <laughs> and then that leads into some opening credits, and then they cut from that to a bishop goes to meet the king and then lays out some xenophobic and nationalistic talk about the surrounding nations that is very reminiscent of shit that we hear nowadays from politicians and has not ended uh, in any way, shape, or form. I pretty much can tell you, just if you want to, uh, instead of watching the beginning of this movie, just watch the Republican National Convention or the, uh, you know, uh, the the Fox News uh, fucking uh, debate they had, and you'll see the same thing. At one point, he even ends up accusing Romanians of vampirism, even in an all-out effort to protect the soldiers, he quite states. But uh, no, this is pretty much a religious man controlling a king because it's how the church rolls. That's what they do. They cut from this to some guards discussing how the king must defeat this evil man who can turn into a wolf and is invulnerable or else the land will have a curse put on it. The idea is to have a Polish noble bent on revenge against Bulcho, this invisible wolf, for slaughtering his family, take care of this, and keep the subservient king under the church control in power. Does this sound familiar? They're going to sacrifice a pawn who has an axe to grind in order to save a king that the church can control. Does that sound familiar yeah. to anybody about how the country's around them are being run in any way shape or form i mean it just sounds like how everything goes today <laughs> <laughs> shit humans haven't changed like at all no no we never have so we've just gotten more guns to better weapons to kill each other with. That's it. Apparently, Butcho has a witch queen who is more powerful than him, and the ever-horny Daninsky patriarch demands the youngest daughter as his wife, which sounds gross, and we hope at least she's a woman of full age and will consent to this, but this is how the patriarchy worked, and uh, it really hasn't even changed nowadays. No. Yeah, it's it's, it's pretty much the same. Uh... Women are apparently, uh, according to them, just objects to be used to get land or keep land or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Jackie Treehorn treats objects like women, man. Yeah, it's really uncomfortable. Kind of disgusting. So the battle commences and it appears that Daninsky is outmatched as he is down a sword in no time. He fights his way free, gets to his weapon before the Bucho guy can get to his weapon. But being honorable, he allows him a sword instead of just killing him unarmed. The king is dubious about this and very upset. It's all of two movements in the attacks later and Bucho's head is removed from his shoulders and he is now to be buried in the man of killing a vampire and the rewarding of the daughter is the next uh, scene as this is patriarchy only views as women as objects once again mm -hmm. <laughs> we are meant yeah, to ignore they're not actual people <laughs> we are meant to ignore all of this as they cut away from that battle to the newlywed Daninsky couple having pillow talk that is also nationalistic in some way somehow because she decides she loves his country as much as her own just instantly and that she loves him oh and by the way they fucked once or at least that's what we're assuming and she's immediately pregnant because you know Daninsky 
I mean, come on. <laughs> Why wouldn't he be? <laughs> she gets cursed by the witch, and then they fast forward to the 16th century. This latest, Daninsky is hoping for a way to end his werewolf curse and seeks out a Jewish-born healer who is of an order of what seems like alchemists or other type of like early scientists or something like that that is like some kind of an ancient order that they all work together and, uh, you know, like Freemasons or some shit. It's weird. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there- yeah, it's, uh, it's awkward. This uh, Jewish-born healer is going to help him get cured. The old man basically agrees. And the time they spend there trying to cure him with him woofing out every month ends up causing the villagers to freak the fuck out, justifiably so. And they are also anti-Semitic to begin with. So it's time to play Inquisition with some racism as well for this village. Jesus, it's amazing how people that are scared for their lives continue to act just like this over and over again. And it never fucking ends in the human race. Right? Never. And it's all the fucking worse because yeah you're watching this and you just realize i mean you, you, holy shit we've always done this and we've never learned that it never fucking works except for the tippy top one percent of people that works for the blind niece tries to convince herself that people are genuinely good and that they have to see how the uncle will be seen as this wonderful man devoted to healing as he is. He shoots this down all but saying, oh, my sweet summer child the whole time. And that is the end of the first 20 minutes. <laughs> well, I mean, it's a period piece movie. Um, not so bad right now. You, you, you have to deal with xenophobic all the phobics you gotta you gotta deal with all the phobics uh when you're dealing with something like this but you know it is what it is yeah um i don't really have a whole hell of a lot to add to that um it's it really sets up that humanity has not changed so much and uh, this is in the era of nashi's filmmaking when his disgust with humanity really starts to come through and uh his scathing take on the way that people react with things with religion and all of that really just becomes central to a lot of his themes so you kind of have to be prepared for that because it doesn't get less grim than this and in fact it just kind of shows that like all cultures across the world essentially boil down to the men in power do what they have to only as long as they can keep power and then beyond that that's it that's all they care about and uh, yeah the rest of us suffer um that's yes. kind of the moral to this story regardless of the fact that we're going to watch a uh werewolf have to kill a bunch of samurai later i mean listen i think that really is the telling of the story of America, the patriarchy is a werewolf killing ninjas <laughs> or samurai or, or what have you or yeah. samurai or what whoever just a werewolf using a sword to kill. <laughs> the second 20 starts with the village planning the death by a group of hooded individuals who will rid the world of anyone who are not Christian as them. Sounds familiar, right? Hooded individuals yeah, I mean, attacking people for being a different listen, than them. Listen, man, we all read a history book. We know. <laughs> Some of us are not allowed to read history books anymore. Uh, Thank you very much, yeah, Florida. Well, yeah, th- th- that's also true. But I mean, you and I have read history books, and I'm almost positive everyone listening right now has read a history book. We all know. <laughs> the old man writes his memoirs as men in hoods break in to murder him. These guys sure look like the fucking clan. I just kind of say it. Like, it's really sad. And they just have, like, crosses on the foreheads of their black hoods. But it's very much just, oh, look, it's the fucking clan. Nothing has ever changed about people. Nope. Uh, people will always hate what they don't understand. And they will always hate the wrong people. 
<laughs> anyway, they break in and murder the old man. Daninsky shows up just in time to watch him die and then kills all of them off and is sent to Kyoto by the old man just as he uses his last breath to do so, so that a colleague can continue this good work of trying to heal him somewhere in Kyoto. The blind girl is now Daninsky's ward and the old man dies. Cut from this to Kyoto, as it appears some type of wild beast has been ravaging the countryside and it is up to the scientist dude to stop it. As it appears, the Daninsky werewolf is on the prowl looking for help from the very man tasked by his leader to kill him. The Lord also calls for all the best samurai to take on and slaughter the beast, and that seems like something I am dying to fucking see. I cannot wait. Mm-hmm. They cut to a samurai camp out for this very purpose, and I geek out like a five-year-old knowing I am going to see a werewolf slaughter samurai, and it's going to be amazing. They you delayed- just know it's going to be good. I mean, already the fight scenes are I've seen worse. <laughs> they delay this gratification with a cutaway to the new man of science talking to his sister, and I think he may be a bit conflicted about what he has to do, because he has to sort of betray one life debt oath with another, because the this group that he works with is all about trying to maintain science and better mankind, but he also has fealty to this leader of the clan or whatever that he is a member of that he also has to serve, so he can't heal the person that he's supposed to heal and then also kill the person that he's supposed to kill. Uh, He's got to choose one or the other, and that's basically his main story plot. Yeah. She assures him that good will always defeat evil, and I look at her and say, oh, my sweet summer child. Then we hear a howling wolf. That's funny. (laughs) And then we finally see a little piece of the battle I am dying for has begun. It's such a cock tease as they cut away to show the mutilated remains and nothing more. And it looks like this is just going to be an investigation into the matter of where this came from and we got to wait for the actual werewolf carnage on screen. But we know it's coming. Yeah, they're just, you know, it's, it's on its way. Yeah, they're just giving us the blue balls for it. That's all. Yeah, pretty much. There are oaths tossed around to figure out what we all know, and we see a werewolf claw on the screen in a cut. The beast bursts into a brothel and wrecks the place like the buzzkill he fucking is. He rips open a woman's top and then her neck and then slaughters everybody else in their sex beds. What a cock-blocking wolf. That was not cool, werewolf. Yeah, not cool, man. You don't kill people in their sex beds. That's just fucking, that's unheard of. There were tits on screen, so depending upon your feelings about that and knowing that it was a werewolf attack, which isn't really real, and you know, you can see boobs with the werewolf ripping the shirt open, it's kind of a thank you movie if you're okay with that. But it's I'd a little dubious. So. Yeah, it's a little dubious though, however, because if you do believe in werewolves and then that could happen, then that woman is in peril and dying, and then that's not a thank you movie. Yeah, well, I don't believe in werewolves, so it's not dubious for me. <laughs> there you go. Our science-powered samurai arrives to stare down the werewolf and investigates the carnage afterwards. Waldemir obviously feels the guilt he should be for being in this foreign land and causing all of this carnage because he cannot find his sage to heal him. His wife may have a lead and he decides to go for it. The science guy casts the werewolf footprint and notes how it is very human-like and that is an odd thing. The old dude knows what a werewolf is and lays it out for his lord and us as they explain it to us we get the rules on how all this works it's daninsky's werewolf so here's the rules in essentially a nutshell werewolf impossible to kill werewolf impossible Mm -hmm. to harm werewolf can be harmed by silver werewolf can temporarily be put down and killed by silver if thrust into the heart by anyone werewolf permanently killed if the heart pierced with silver by woman or person that loves them those are the main rules that's all you need to know for a a, a nashy werewolf movie your werewolf is fucking 
impervious to everything but silver, and also it's not permanent unless there is a person who is a significant other of, of that werewolf who loves them and is trying to release them from the curse. Otherwise, the minute the silver's removed, werewolf back. And Nashi just loves werewolves, right? Yeah, that's his thing, for sure. 100%. That's his thing. Yeah, yeah. he loved playing right. werewolves, absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The Lord says that it's childish bullshit to believe in werewolves, and his other subject agrees, but our science dude knows what is up. They make peace and are shamed for arguing instead of working together, and that is the end of the second 20 minutes. So far, good shit. I mean, yo, I'm kind of into a werewolf getting ready to fight samurais. It's fucking, it's it's decent stuff. It does a really good job of setting up like, okay, so this is back in like 939 AD, I think, or something like that. And here is the start of where the Nashi werewolf line gets cursed, in this case for Waldemar Daninsky. Uh, Daninsky was kind of the Doctor Who of werewolves in that it was rebooted so many times with so many different origin stories of what made the werewolf and where it came from, where the line was cursed, whether it was a cursed family line or if it was just a man named Daninsky that eventually got cursed or or what have you. And this one with Beast and the Magic Sword kind of is one of the glue pieces that's supposed to hold it together, where back in 939 AD, this curse was put on and it was like every seventh sun or something like that. It was nebulous enough to where uh, it was essentially like, no, this is where it all starts is with this specific curse and every other Waldemar Daninsky or Daninsky that has been born that has been a werewolf in some way, shape or form. And Paul and Ashley's films all span from this line in some way, shape or yeah. form. That was the idea, I guess. Uh, I got you. <laughs> I'm, I'm for you. I'm I'm picking up what you're laying down, sir. This marks sort of one of the first movies that he did a co-production with in Japan, which is why a lot of it takes place in Japan. And there's a lot of Japanese actors and actresses that are in the film. And I am 100% here for this all day. This is like a pulp novel come to life. And it instantly grabs me. Like the battle that happens with the Hun looking guy that Daninsky wants revenge for because he's been slaughtering everybody in the land. That fight is a little one-sided and the way that it kind of goes is they make it look like maybe Daninsky's not going to be able to do it then he does the fight and he kicks ass takes names and then the curse goes from there the would-be lover that puts the curse on Nashi's character's wife by stabbing her in the stomach with a wolf skull after mm-hmm. saying some magical mumbo jumbo that's yeah. pretty fucking creepy that draws you in as well and then all of a sudden he's just off to Kyoto Japan after the Inquisition comes for the first guy that tries to help him and the film just slingshots in a complete completely different direction but i'm here for that as well because like you said i can't wait to see a werewolf fighting fucking samurai when they can't hurt him with their skill at swords yeah it makes the most amount of sense (laughs) (laughs) i mean it just sounds fucking cool yeah it's the kind of thing where i'd be like yes i need to see that (laughs) yeah exactly i need to definitely watch these things (laughs) (laughs) i think we're ready to move on to the next 20 what about you i'm ready to go let's go all right, so the third 20 starts with the eyepatch warrior from the argument that was happening that they had to meet peace and are shamed by swears for vengeance against our science guy because of what just happened there and how he was shamed. And then he also swears for vengeance for the werewolf. And the werewolf then slaughters more villagers as our science dude tries to come to grips with the fact that he has to fight a werewolf and how is he going to be able to do it? Science dude tracks the werewolf like a hunter and agrees to help while a ninja spies on them from above. The scientist's enemy sent the ninja spy and knows what is going on and there is an attack at the hot springs with tits out so thank you movie that hot springs thank battle you, movie. is pretty fucking incredible yeah <laughs> yeah yeah that is another one of these great ridiculous fights that i'm i'm here for 
I'm here for this stuff. <laughs> her tits are out the entire time and she's using it to sort of distract the guy, but he's such this stoic samurai warrior and science man that like he has no problem with it at all and yeah. he's not distracted. He murders her and then goes on to murder like everybody else. And for some reason, Daninsky's just there kind of like cowering with the sister of the scientist, I think, who is there to wash his back even though he's a married man and something really weird about that, but we're not going to dig into that too far. And uh, then he basically is all of a sudden this amazing badass again, but in just this one scene this guy does all the samurai work yeah <laughs> yeah know. right in just one scene it's just all the samurai work he's he's done he's learned all the secrets <laughs> the enemies have an epic sword and chain fight and our scientist dude wins and we see the fate of the flower from tibet mentioned at the hot springs that may be a possible cure i think that is a reference to the werewolf of london film because there was like some type of tibetan flower that was supposed to stop the werewolf transformation uh, in that yeah i think yeah i think you're right yeah I, and nashi likes to throw those little things in there so i'm pretty sure that that's a a reference to that uh but we have about an hour left and there has been no magic sword on screen so i am dubious as to whether or not this tibetan flower is going to work or not yeah right so i'm like where's uh where's the magic sword because i <laughs> i want it i want to see I the want... magic sword right i got the where's... beast where's the magic sword yeah i mean i uh, i was promised a magic sword in the title of this fucking movie bring me a magic sword <laughs> The guy mixes up the potion with the Tibetan flower. They tie up Daninsky and try it out, and he wolfs out. It fails. It doesn't work. And the werewolf flees the warrior scientist to go do some more slaughtering. Daninsky's wife is then warned it won't work and that the witch in the mountains is still the only way. And that seems dubious as well. If it's a witch that's trapped in the mountains and she's your only hope, are you sure that's the case? Yeah, right. Uh, yeah, are we, are we positive that's the only hope? <laughs> They go visit the witch. The witch offers healing for everyone if they keep it on the down low, including Kinga, giving her sight back or something along those lines. The lord who is in charge of the land is justifiably losing his shit because people are still dying and he is useless and everyone knows it and he's about to lose his power. The blind niece tries again to warn Daninsky of his folly trusting an imprisoned mountain witch. We all know this is a bad idea, Daninsky. And that leads to the end of the first hour. Yeah, um... You don't ever, uh, and most of the time in movies, you don't trust a witch. All right. Now that's not talking about real life, but you, you probably don't want to trust a witch in, in, in a movie. It just never works out for anybody. Particularly a mountain witch, um, mountain witches in general, if they cannot come down from the mountain to meet with you and you must yeah. go meet them, maybe imprisoned in some way, shape or form. She freely admits that she's imprisoned where she's at. And, uh, I'm starting to think, well, wouldn't an imprisoned witch have a very good use for a man that turns into a beast? once a month that she yeah, could send out for vengeance. She would definitely maybe want to be a part of that. So I agree that uh, I'd probably stay away if I was him because I don't trust these people. <laughs> <laughs> right. And then again, it's not just because she's a witch. It's because well, no. she's an imprisoned mountain witch who has. There's, there's a lot of other things. factors. Yeah, there's a lot of other factors, not just because she's a witch. There are plenty of factors that make this not a smart idea. <laughs> I mean, I was having some problems with the alchemist scientist guy when he was talking about healing magic and things like that. But my thought was, well, science and magic look a lot alike from the uneducated. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, especially for back in these time frames of what it's supposed to be. Right. If you believe that science is probably magic. Right. If you believe that gunpowder was magic because you mixed up the right chemicals to make gunpowder, but also said a prayer, you're not yeah. really making magic. You just were misunderstanding the, the process. You just made gunpowder. That's all you did. But <laughs> right, for some prayer. reason, you think you made uh, uh, God's love explode or something. 
Right, right. The power of the prayer has nothing to do with the fact that you mix the right proportions of chemicals yeah. to make gunpowder. <laughs> yeah. I kind of think the first person to ever make gunpowder and it blew up in their face probably just died. So then it took another person. <laughs> Maybe that's where all the prayers came from because of the explosive nature yeah. of it. It was like, oh, shit. Well, Timmy's dead. All right, Bobby, you take over his work. God damn it. We're moving through this very quickly because the story is pretty straightforward. Uh, but it I is. need to say when we're doing the review here, the fights that I am just skipping over are because I didn't really have a way to be able to explain them. Uh, there's a lot of basic samurai action fighting going on with the slashes and the kills. We've seen that before. Uh, they're pretty much as bloody as you would expect from an 80s made uh, samurai film. Like you could pretty much expect it to be on par with uh, the Lone Wolf and Cub series for blood here and there. And you do get that. Uh, but primarily, they save a lot of the blood and gore for with the werewolves going on. Yeah, of course. <laughs> we can move on to the next 20. Let's do it. All right, so Daninsky goes to the witch and drinks a potion on her command, then lies back. He flashes back to the cause of his curse, as the potion is supposed to do. And it also pads out the runtime by basically showing us the same thing again. Yeah, we, we just, you got to recap. So if you have the shortest memory ever, congratulations. <laughs> you, you, you have to remember it now. They then prepare a ritual for his healing, but by putting him in a giant cave cell with a huge wooden door, the idea idea is the witch needs to see him transform to know the magic she needs to cure him so that he can stop transforming or so she says after what is probably the most lengthy transformation sequence in the film and is also quite good it's a good mix of cuts cross dissolves and obviously applying the makeup in stages uh, till we actually see him transform into a full werewolf yes and now he is the wolf man <laughs> after seeing this quite lengthy transformation the witch decides that she needs to see the werewolf fight a fucking tiger just to see how strong the werewolf is so they unleash it and the werewolf and it's time to throw down for this claw to claw tooth to tooth match i mean listen if you're gonna go ahead and um make a werewolf or help him become big werewolf you have to test the strength against a fucking tiger that's what happens <laughs> Uh, this sequence is actually pretty fucking awesome. It's clearly a stuntman doing all of this, but you are still seeing a guy in werewolf makeup in like full costume wrestle a fucking tiger. And it's pretty fucking cool. No matter what, no matter how dated yeah. you may think it looks, it's still it's, badass as shit. It's good stuff. It is definitely good stuff. <laughs> Big shock. The witch double crossed them and is enslaving them all. She tells them this as we watch the werewolf basically devour the fucking tiger in front of us. Yeah. I mean, of course. Duh. <laughs> She finally reveals the titular magic sword, and we see the authorities are figuring out what the warrior scientist is up to. They drink to the death of the asshole, and it's time for the witch's control of the beast to begin with some sexy whipping of the werewolf, and I am here for this BDSM werewolf bondage. Oh, right. Yeah. Baum chicka. Ow! Get a ball gag in there and a gimp mask and you got something. <laughs> but make sure it has a muzzle to it, too, because it is a werewolf. It is a werewolf. These are, these are true facts. <laughs> the wolf breaks free from his bondage and she uses a ring of some sort to control him and it works somehow. The blind girl fights her and is killed for her trouble. Her guards attack and fail. The witch resorts to the silver sword and fails. Her boobs are visible under her clothing for all of this. So thank you, movie. Ah. 
That dirty girl, you know she's naked underneath her clothes. <laughs> As the werewolf wants to do, he chomps some neck meat of the witch, but somehow turns from attacking his bride. Kinga's dying breath is used to make Daninsky's wife abandon him. Science dude happens upon an abortion for a werewolf fucker and slaughters the people who did it. It turns out this was a premonition of what may happen to his sister, and somehow that reaches the 80-minute mark of the film. <laughs> Woo! I mean, some action here. We're picking up on the action now, even more so. Uh, again, the werewolf versus the tiger fight is the entire reason to come to this film, for sure. Yeah, uh, this is uh, this is where the money went, and it's uh, it's good for you. It's good for you to watch it, actually. There are a few sequences of werewolf versus samurai, but mostly he just deals on them super quick, and every yeah. sword blow doesn't even really seem to cut his clothing. Uh, the first time he actually gets injured is when the silver sword strikes him, and he gets a cut across his arm as a werewolf. But then he immediately yeah. chomps on the neck meats because that's what he does. He rips shirts open and chomps on neck meats. Yeah, and then but yeah, it, it, yeah. So yeah, the samurai stuff is a quick work, but oh, it's the it's the it's the fucking tiger, man. The tiger. That's what you all want. <laughs> And the tiger wrestling with the guy, when you really like step back and just look at it, it's a tiger playing with the stuntman who's more than likely a tiger trainer. And this is just how they play and that's how yeah. they relate to each other and they get along. And it didn't mind him being or she. I don't know. I can't really tell. If, but but the physicality, I assume it's a he uh, that he and the tiger just kind of were playing around and having some fun. And they filmed it, put some sound effects to it and made it look like there was actually fighting. But really, I mean, he was giving the tiger kisses yeah. with, with, some, yeah. with some fake blood involved. In that I know. I'm just saying, on. it's fucking. It, it's awesome. No, they they edit it so well. They make it look yeah. like something's going on. And there's a couple of scenes when the guy's wrestling around with a tiger, where you're wondering, hey, uh, did that just get clawed there? <laughs> was yeah. that was that a tooth that just kind of nibbled the, uh, the stuntman a little bit there? Holy shit! Uh, yeah, but yeah, you're but you're probably right. They're just playing. So right, it's like whenever a dog attack is supposed to happen in film, and then you clearly see that the tails are wagging, and now they CG out the tails wagging and have them just remain straight so it's a lot more believable but in the olden days you can actually see a dog just having some fun um yeah yeah show. right it's it's yeah. nice it's it, real nice it doesn't remove my enjoyment in any way shape or form or take me out of the horror of what might be happening with the dog attack but as a person who is an animal lover seeing a good boy just wag his tail as he's having fun on screen just warms my heart yeah. just a little bit while i'm enjoying a film of course well, I know we're barreling through this, but uh, I think we can keep yeah. going if you'd like to. I'm I'm ready to go. Yeah, I'm All good. Right. We're going to do the final act now. So that opens with Daninsky ready to give up and just suicide out by Silver Sword, even though that would only delay his curse. His wife does explain that to him. But I mean, he has slaughtered so many people and he has to be giving up all hope. So that makes sense. Yeah. The scientist samurai thinks he can cure Daninsky with brain surgery of some sort, which is also a reference to, is it Frankenstein meets the Wolfman, where they think they can relieve the tension for the lunar pool to transform Talbot into a werewolf, or is it the one after that? I can't really remember, but one of the two, there's kind of a yeah. reference to brain surgery in that, and I think that's what Nash is yeah. referencing here. I think so, yeah. And Daninsky's wife is killed by some rogue spear trap, freeing up his dick now to bang his way into knocking up Akane and making that dream or nightmare a reality. I'm telling you, man, it's not good to be a wife in this movie. Man, they just die. <laughs> he returns to the scientist and fills him in on all the ghostly witch stuff, which has the scientist looking into that silver katana. He even states that that lady has been dead forever. It was some kind of a spiritual thing. And uh, we're supposed to get super creeped out because he somehow escaped a haunted castle. <laughs> She's already dead. She's already dead. <laughs> 
He leaves Daninsky alone with his sister, and Daninsky immediately goes to work on fucking her because that's how it works. You got That's what you got to do. Akane confesses her love for Daninsky, or at least his massive penis that has changed her forever from one groping. Yeah, yeah. Her brother says that it is cursed love, and the Daninsky werewolf dismantles more samurai late in the night, as the brother still feels he must kill the werewolf, as there is no cure. Again, the violence continues to escalate. It does not decrease in quality. The film is barreling towards the end. I'm just laying it all out for you, because if I try to describe each individual fight, we would be here for three fucking hours and has to work yeah right we gotta we gotta get going <laughs> the guilt continues to weigh on both man and werewolf and daninsky is getting ever closer to putting a baby in akane when he comes home all covered in dead people the wolf killed as they make out she somehow is turned on by him covered in blood in a ripped up shirt that he clearly just slaughtered a bunch of people in well i mean you know sometimes you gotta do what you gotta do <laughs> the scientist's leader is tasked with ending his life with seppuku i think is how that's pronounced or just yeah. gutting himself and having his head chopped off to the layman that doesn't know, and this is somehow going to help him maintain his honor. It's a cultural thing, uh, I, I guess. I just don't understand it. It's still suicide, whether it's to regain your honor or not. Yeah, it's, 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 it's a bit weird. This death sends the scientist into a justifiable guilt spiral where he declares he must end the werewolf out of duty or some other misguided sense of guilt for failing to cure and allowing all of this mass death. He leaves for the sword and the depressed werewolf fucks the man's sister praying for a silver sword death himself. He plots to have his new squeeze do the deed because that will give him the true death and we watch as the scientist goes to the haunted castle to retrieve the titular sword. That is some creepy atmospheric fucking stuff for sure. Uh, that entire yeah. sequence. He ends yeah, up that was a... That, give, that gives you the shivers a bit. <laughs> he ends up slaughtering pretty much whatever may or may not be evil spirits once that he is there and faces what may or may not be a demon that has Daninsky's face before it transforms into a rotted version of that same face. He defeats that and then fights the white-haired ghost creature of some sort. Uh, fire raises from the ground and then so does the titular sword. As he goes for it, another evil spirit rises for him to defeat and they battle in an unnatural windstorm. He gets the silver sword and defeats the evil to retrieve it and then fills Akane in on the goal to kill the wolf, which upsets her because she is able to do that and release his soul from the curse. She just needs the implement to do the deed. The final confrontation happens and the brother is injured and disarmed of the sword in time for Akane to show up and plunge said sword into the wolfman and kill him with her love to set him free or some shit like that. The place burns as the siblings escape the Plays. The monster is dead and burnt to a crisp. Akani is clutching her womb, thinking this ain't over yet, and the camera zooms in on her, staring at the moon in fear. Roll those fucking credits. Again, this was a super fast fucking review, but uh, this is not in a negative connotation in any way, shape, or form. That's just everything that happened on screen as it was 100% happening without any of the dialogue for me to be able to paddle it out. Yeah, right. But that was, I I enjoyed it. Uh, 
That, that, that was a fun film to watch. It's an hour and, and what, I, 54 minutes. And yeah, it's, it, a, it's a good long film. I mean, you get in there. Yeah. And it has basically two movies wrapped up into one. There is the setup and establishment of the Daninsky curse. There is the applying of the most recent Daninsky of being a werewolf and being hunted in his homeland. And then he is sent to Kyoto and then starts our second film, which is Werewolf versus Samurai. And I'm yes. here for that all fucking day. They all day long. They squeezed in an origin story and a werewolf fighting a samurai and tigers. There are like haunted castle ruins with like the spirit of a witch turned demon that they all have to purge and cleanse. There's all sorts of interesting aspects of the way that a werewolf is perceived in Japan. In the makeup here, it's very different, but it also looks a lot like some of the yukai style monsters that may have wolf-like features that we would see. Um, I'm thinking about there's like a, the Kibakaki or Kibakachi. I, I can't pronounce it right but there was actually a series of films where it was a guy that was a samurai who also was a werewolf and would transform into a werewolf to do some samurai action as well and those yeah. films you would probably be here for all day as well because they have the same kind of pulpy fun oh, as yeah. this as well i don't know yeah i don't know how i wouldn't be here for that <laughs> i really think that a lot of the samurai action nashi definitely left up to the crew that knew what they were doing whenever they were filming in japan it does not feel like the action sequences that feature just him fighting yeah um, when there's samurai that's involved even the werewolf seems to be in the choreography of the samurai so there is some noticeable different in the style of action uh depending upon which part of the film it's filmed in uh but that doesn't make it distracting what it makes it feel like is it's a werewolf that left one world and entered another and you totally mm -hmm. just go for it yeah um it i mean in the fact that they commit to it because when you hear it yourself or a, a, a werewolf is going to fight samurais you just say it it's a little weird uh, which is probably, it's probably not in the title. The title's The Beast and the Sword. So, because they called it The Werewolf and the Sword, people would be like, the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, there's a prominently featured, um, depending upon which cover that you see, but there is a t prominently featured tiger getting ready to fight a werewolf on the cover yeah. because they knew that that's the thing that people were going to come for. You know yeah, I mean? the like, tiger versus the werewolf is the deal. It's all you want. <laughs> right, but the the werewolf versus the samurai is also not so badass because you have a bunch of different warriors, and instead of it being like the lone wolf who is this unbeatable swordsman who just slaughters everyone all around him, it's a yeah. werewolf who just slaughters everyone around him and doesn't need a sword to do so. And it's amazing, like, he's not really blocking sword hits, and they're definitely doing what should be kills. It's just that he's a supernatural beast that cannot be quelled. And good for him. <laughs> <laughs> also bad for him, because it's kind of a double-edged sword as well, yeah. Um, the Tormented yeah, yeah, Werewolf well, thing uh, is really prominent and strong in this one. And there's quite a few sequences where it you get the feeling like the Lawrence Talbot style thing. Whenever Lon Chaney Jr. would be like, why won't you help me? Why won't anyone help me? Like the hopelessness and the fact mm -hmm. that he just can't escape and he is trapped. That Lon Chaney is able to deliver is definitely emulated here when Daninsky is talking with his wife and just wants to end it. And then with yeah. uh, his would-be uh, lover Akane, who is going to be like the next baby mama because she doesn't want him to end it, but he just needs to end it. The way that he portrays the guilt on his face, like when he sees what it is that the werewolf has done and yet that drive to survive for the human that is not the one doing this even though he is the vessel that is allowing it to happen that yeah. wears on him and you do see that i mean he allows himself to be progressively more worn and like haggard looking as the film that's, goes too that's always one of the more interesting uh, uh caveats to oh, any werewolf story is the you know the man who is the werewolf is he into being the werewolf 
is it take its toll. It always starts with they don't want to be this way. They don't know how to stop themselves. They don't want to kill themselves. And then it goes one of two ways. Either it becomes a man who just wants to, like, in Monster Squad, he just wants to die. Or it becomes somebody who goes so insane because of what they've done. They go from good person to a psychotic, and then they just look forward to turning into the wolf. There are also some folks that go full hog and embrace it and justify yeah. it, like the priest in uh, Silver Bullet, who yeah, it's that true. He is pointing a werewolf-shaped bullet at the those that need to be punished by God losing God's favor, like a woman who is about to commit suicide, who also is pregnant at the time, mm-hmm. uh, or what have you. Whoever that werewolf ends up going for, but it's more or less he's the same werewolf that is in Werewolf the series, in that he is someone that likes the feeling of the power, likes the fact that he can become this thing and gets to enjoy killing and remembers what it's like to do it and likes doing it. Like, it's that yeah. same kind of werewolf. So much so that I was convinced that the guy that Chuck Connors was playing in Werewolf the Series was actually the werewolf played by the guy from Twin Peaks and uh, People Under the Stairs who was the priest as a little kid. Oh, like, I yeah, was, yeah. I thought it was the same one just years later and he was much older because I was little and I didn't know and I just had kind of seen Silver Bullet. So those yeah. two movies were the same, like the, the movie and that TV series are kind of like the same thing to me. I thought that was one was a continuation of the other believe it or not. <laughs> nice <laughs> but anyway this is one of the more fun uh nashi werewolf movies this is definitely one that i think anybody could get into the smallest hurdle you have to get over is being able to read the subtitles and while there is a lot of heavy dialogue and a lot of exclamation about things you also get a fucking tiger fighting a guy in a werewolf outfit and it's awesome yeah i mean that's uh, i don't know uh what anybody else wants man because it seems to just be it <laughs> i mean <laughs> Yeah, there ain't, there ain't much else you could get. That is the thing that I will always remember, even though there's a lot of really good, creepy, ghostly stuff and like Japanese yokai spirits and things like that that are brought into this. A lot of Japanese folklore is utilized to bring Daninsky into this world. And it's really well done. Uh, it's one of the more uh, interesting and well-written pieces that Paul Nashi has done for the variations of the theme. It certainly has uh, the werewolf versus Dr. Jekyll or something that we covered like a yeah. long time ago. It certainly has that uh-huh. beat for, for Nashi's films. And I can see why you wouldn't have enjoyed that one as much as say this one for sure, because yeah. this is one yeah, of this, this, this was the deal. <laughs> <laughs> see, this is why people get obsessed with Nashi movies. My friend is this film. Yes. <laughs> yes. Th- this was the deal. I completely agree. This, <laughs> this made me go, okay, well maybe Nashi ain't so bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was probably my fault for bringing the, uh, Dr. Jekyll versus the werewolf, uh, to the table first. And, uh, again, you know, you said what you said. I said what I said. And actually, we didn't actually have that fight as bad as what people think. I edited no. to make it seem like it was worse because it was more drama and fun for us. Yeah, because we also laughed a lot in between all that shit. So. <laughs> right. <laughs> so yeah. I think I almost peed laughing. So we had to take a break of recording because I had to go use your bathroom. <laughs> and uh, when you do piss me off, you also enjoy that a little too much. And uh, that, that I'm glad that that. Well, is, it's because uh, you when you piss me off, you enjoy it too much. So. <laughs> What do you want from me? Yeah, we bicker like an old married couple when it comes to Nashi and Star Wars, don't we? Yeah, I guess. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right, with that, we're going to take a little break here. We're going to play another song from Pig Destroyer. This time, it's going to be the song Piss Angel. And when we come back, we're going to do a story time. Add out this episode. Right on.
Pig Destroyer proving once again that a song called Piss Angel can be about the most angriest fucking thing you ever heard. <laughs> Who would have known Piss Angel? Huh. <laughs> you would expect a song named Piss Angel to be a lot more jovial and happy than this. Yeah, I thought. Yeah, you know. Piss Angel, Piss Angel. <laughs> well, in order to get Matt to stop singing, let's ask him all to give us a story time. time good shit uh this actually the tiger versus werewolf reminded me of and it took me back and i had to go try to find it on youtube but i'm still working on it um the time the incredible hulk fought sasquatch oh yeah yeah um, in the old tv series because i loved it when i was a kid oh also uh the incredible not the incredible hulk but uh the six million dollar man had it had to deal on sasquatch yes. too in an episode. and maybe the hulk was fighting a big bear i don't know they they might have both fought in sasquatch but i remember that and yes uh six and then i remember when hulk so then it just took me back to all the times you saw all those kind of classic tv battles of you know, one mythical thing versus a whole another mythical thing. Okay. Um, uh, I remember when the Incredible Hulk, there was an episode where another guy also got the gamma radiation poison and he turned into his own version of a Hulk who was evil and he actually got cured. So, uh, so stupid. They named him David Banner instead of Bruce Banner. But Banner went in to uh, go see him to see if he could cure himself. And uh, the guy actually, all he wanted to do was figure out how to become the Hulk again uh, because he was sick of everyone in town uh, making fun of him. And the guy who played, whoever played the evil Hulk character guy, good God, he was creepy looking. He was super tall and he just had the fucking weirdest fucking look about him. I just remember that fucking scaring the shit out of me. But uh, then they had an epic Hulk fight and that was fun. Uh, reminds me of my love of uh, the second Swamp Thing movie that Jim Wynorski did, the Return of yes. Swamp Thing, and I love all the monster battles in that. And I yeah, it's against it's... the Leech guy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he fights the Leech guy. Oh, yeah, I loved Swamp Thing too. Oh, with a passion. <laughs> Return of Swamp Thing is definitely my go-to for Swamp Thing live-action films for sure. Yeah, yeah, uh, agreed. I, I really love Dick Durick as Swamp Thing, and I think he was great in the series as well. Uh, in the Swamp Thing TV series, although I freely admit some of those are not great. <laughs> no, but I still think it was that Return of Swamp Thing was still some record shit. <laughs> It's one of Jim Wynorski's finest for sure. Yes. And then um, what else was I thinking? Oh, and then it brings back. I mean, what, what about the shark versus the zombie? I mean, <laughs> yeah, that, that was the shit, too. <laughs> I love that. That's the thing that everybody gets focused on where I'm just like, man, this is an amazing zombie film. And everybody's like shark versus zombie. I'm like, OK, I get it. Yeah, that part's cool. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because it is. It's really fucking cool. <laughs> it's like seeing Jason Voorhees not get shoved into a fucking wood chipper. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're like disappointed when there's a wood chipper on screen and Jason Voorhees or somebody doesn't go into it. You always yeah, you're like, oh, come on. Chipper, especially if it's somebody wrong. get in there. <laughs> you always want to see some kid running around somebody else's property, just haul off and chuck himself into a wood chipper. I mean, who doesn't want to see that? <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm not sure what to do for my story time for Beast of the Magic Sword and Paul Nashi, although I kind of have a, a few things. So the very first time that I was able to actually get my hands on this, I had to commit bootleggery. Uh, okay. Paul Nashi's stuff is really hard to come by, or at least it was for a very long time. Beast in the Magic Sword, I think, was only ever really released on Laserdisc, and I think it might have been like in Japan or something like that. And I got a Laserdisc print of this um, from, they're called, they were called at the time Cinema Day Bazaar. I don't think they exist anymore. And uh, they stopped existing shortly actually after I made my first order from them. I got like a bunch of stuff from them and then it just disappeared. But uh, hmm. this particular copy of it uh, was like one of their deluxe editions where they have like a specially made cover. You pay a little bit more for it and, uh, you know, you get this really special case. So I blew the money on it and I still have that uh, particular copy of it. And then shortly after I had kind of given up hope of ever seeing a Paul Nashy film hit Blu-ray besides the Night of the Werewolf and Vengeance of the Zombies, I think, uh, was released on Blu-ray by the company that was doing those over here, Liberty Films or something like that. Mm-hmm. And, like, I was pretty much like, I, that's all I'm going to get. I'm not going to get any more. And then slowly yeah. but surely, this trickle of Nashy films start hitting Blu-ray. And Rod and uh, Troy Gwynn are announcing that they're doing commentaries for upcoming releases, but they can't really talk about it yet. And I know that they're the go-to guys for Nashy, so I'm pretty sure that it's Nashy stuff. And yeah. uh, the next thing I know, I'm getting a leak of information that these box sets are going to be coming out and now they're all out and like there's all this stuff that was Nashy that's on Blu-ray and it's out again and I just have to say nice. like, just just hold out man just hold on folks you don't everyone just be calm <laughs> here's the thing you don't necessarily have to buy the 15 to 16 dollar bootleg DVD that you, you buy all the time sometimes yeah. there's a Blu-ray coming that is so much more fabulous from another company for around the same price you just have to hold on just a little bit longer and maybe it'll pop out now just have have a little patience right now for me however i have no patience and i must collect it all now so yeah because we're we're both instant gratification type fellas yeah 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 and i do have a unfinished box set that was only being released by a company in germany where almost everything is in german of paul nashi's films because a lot of those films it was the only way i would be able to get them and uh, Hmm. i'm still working on completing that now because i'm that kind of person who needs to complete everything when it comes to a box set and they're selling it piece by piece and uh i've got all the shout factory stuff and everything and uh, i've been re-enjoying it and i think maybe we'll bring some more paul nashi into the fold of uh cinema psyops here in the future i'm kind of enjoying the way that we had this discussion, but I definitely am going to try and make it one that uh, I know you will be just as interested in as me. <laughs> Sounds good to me. Yeah, we're not going to do any more. What where we don't have to have game. another uh, um, old married couple fight. <laughs> no, we're going to save that for uh, in two weeks whenever we finally cover the Star Wars holiday special. <laughs> yeah. Fuck, oh, fucking great. <laughs> <laughs> could be a lot worse. We could be doing the fucking battle for Endor, my friend. Yeah, oh, good God almighty. <laughs> Anything else you need Cold to say about sweat nightmares on that one? <laughs> Any other stories or anything you need to tell before we move on and close out nope, this fucking show? I'm good. Yeah. Um, don't let the truncated time fool you. We absolutely loved Beast of the Magic Sword. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> With that, we're going to play the Ending Legion promo. And then right after that, we're going to have the song The Diplomat from, you guessed it, folks, no surprise, Pig Destroyer. <laughs> when we come back. <laughs> if you enjoyed this show, then make sure you check out the other great shows on the Legion Podcast Network, like Cinema Psyops, Cinema Beef, Devour the Podcast, Duncan and Bo Come Correct. Exploding Heads Horror Movie Podcast, Friday the 13th, Get Slayed, The Hell Ming Power Hour, Hello, This is the Doom Show, Hero Hero Ghost Show, Kill the Cast, Underwater Kaiju from Outer Space, Jerry Hates Action, Legion After Dark, Mental Health, 
Obsessive Cinema Discourse, Pick 6 Movies, The Podcast by the Cemetery, The Podcast on Haunted Hill, The Psycho-Semantic Podcast, Rick Radio, House of Wax, Dude Looks Like the 80s, Rabbit and Red Radio, The Shadecast, Short Bus Cinema, Two Drink Minimum Commentaries, The VD Clinic, Who Will Survive Horror Podcast, and Which Versus the Doomsday Clock. With such a widespread of shows, there is guaranteed to be a niche for you to fall in love with. Horror, politics, movies, books, sex, music, commentaries, health, video games, kaiju, action, news, comedy, and opinions that would most likely get you killed in some parts of the world. We are proud to bring you some of the best podcasting in the world. Check us out at www.legionpodcast.com, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, and any other dark corner of the internet where podcasts can be found. That's how you want it. Uh, it's like it has the opposite effect on me. There's something about fucking screamy metal music that just makes me feel relaxed and at ease as opposed to screamy actual people in my face that make me want to punch them and then stop on their heads until their skulls. Yeah, right. I mean, because who wants that? <laughs> <laughs> if you'd like to find the other previous instances where I talk about my anger issues, that's all available at legionpodcast.com forward slash send the dash podcast where I have confessed to wanting to be a violent, violent, violent man 419 previous times. <laughs> Well, I mean, that maybe have been one too many violence. I don't think you want that much. <laughs> you don't think I'm a violent, violent, violent man? You just think I'm a violent, violent man? Yeah. Yeah, I think you went one too many violence. Come on. If you would discuss the number of violence that I should or should not be applying to the type of man that I am, you can discuss that with me on our Legion Discord chat. <laughs> One thing that is definitely not violent, although it does feature some violence, is our Instagram feed, which is our main meme repository of cinema underscore psyops. Ooh, yes, where you can get all the freshest of memes. Some Maybe of not are. fresh. They might be might be a little toasty, but, you know, they're still memes. <laughs> Fucking stop looking at Give Horse in the Mouth. <laughs> all of our memes are kept in the crisper there at cinema underscore psyops. Whether or not they're fresh, we can't guarantee. You got to check but, that crisper we, every now and then. Yeah, you gotta, we, but we still keep them in the crisper drawer. Not a lot of other people do that. <laughs> we also don't offer a sell by date, so there you go. Yeah, yeah, no, there's no, there's no born on date for these memes either, because you know, 
Just you live with your life, okay? One thing that has definitely surpassed its sell bar date is our Facebook page of Cinema Psyops, as well as our Facebook group of Cinema Psyops, though all of you keep just lining up and having a whole blast of fun there. Uh, the memes are non-stop and everybody's just having a good old time and everybody's being super civil with each other and I'm really enjoying that, so thank you. Yeah, it's a, that's good. That's good stuff. People need to just just be kind to one another. It, it, it doesn't fucking cost nothing. <laughs> well, while you're out there trying to calculate the cost of being kind to each other, kick the fuck out of this week <laughs> and make it your bitch. <laughs> Recording in progress. All right. One, one, two, three. All right. Awesome. We're going to do Beast and the Magic Sword first because you know how it goes. I like to always progressively get more high as we do the show. And I think yeah, and you're definitely going to need to the second time around. <laughs> save it, save it, oh, save oh, it. Oh, yeah, save it. I'm saving it. I'm saving it. <laughs> All right. Have you actually heard the theme yet? Like, have you heard the new Year 9 theme? No. No? You haven't listened to the new shows yet? Okay. I, I, I haven't gotten a chance to listen to the newer shows. I've been listening to older stuff. Yeah. Okay. Well, if you're still playing catch up I on critique that. a lot of my older stuff, so. <laughs> same. I'm always going back and trying to improve, but never doing it quite right. <laughs> same. Same. Yeah. We, we're suffering from the same thing. Yeah. All right. So here's the Year 9 theme that you get to, you'll get to hear in its entirety. I'll pull up my uh, notes, and uh, we'll be back in three minutes after this. And Nashy just loves werewolves, right? Yeah, that's his thing, for sure. 100%. That's his thing. Yeah, yeah, he loved right. werewolves, absolutely. Yeah. Mm. Right, just so- wanted to make sure. Right. Because uh, I remember one time I made I made a joke about Nashy and fucking got my head bit off for it. So it was the repetition of Colt saying that uh, the werewolf walked like a bitch that made me upset because oh, it was okay. the toxic male way that you delivered that. Um, you can make some jazz. Oh, it's fine. Oh, 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 that. Yeah, yeah. It was a toxic male thing. No, it's because you're a nasty fanboy and you got mad at me. Let's just say it's a little column A and a little column B. And <laughs> it's, it's the same thing with Star Wars for me. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, except yours is a little bit more extreme for Star Wars, I think. Yeah, I do get angry for Star Wars. <laughs> the Lord Sorry. Says- all right, man. <laughs> I protected of my childhood. <laughs> all right. This is a great outtake. Let's move on. Uh, all right. <laughs> Ah, so far. Oops, sorry.
kind to one another. It, it, it doesn't fucking cost nothing. <laughs> well, while you're out there trying to calculate the cost of being kind to each other, kick the fuck out of this week <laughs> and make it your bitch. <laughs> That was Good most, shit. That was the most hopeful fucking message I've ever ended this on. Yeah, right? No kidding. Jesus Christ. Look at us. <laughs> We're grown up. <laughs> Almost. We got one more thing to do here. Oh, God. I know. Recording stopped.